We are going to start in the NBA today. That is going to be the Vegas lead. And game three tomorrow, and the, the numbers here are interesting because this series opened as the Warriors considered the, the better team. A lot of people were saying it's a coin toss series, but the Warriors were minus 155. We determined that given that they had home court advantage, if if they were really even teams, would have been minus 130. So clearly the, the market said the Warriors are better. After game one, Celtics win. Now it's Celtics minus 170. Which made sense. They stole home court advantage. Sure. Warriors win game two. Now this series... Minus 110, minus 110. These two teams are exactly even. And the Celtics now, like we said, do have home court advantage going forward. So what's the, what number was wrong? The initial number or the number now? Where, where, what are we doing here? Right? Because I, I, <laughs> I think the number now is as close to what it should have been prior to the series. You mentioned maybe Then that means minus- you think the Celtics were, were better before, before the series? Yes. Like, so much better that the no. home court didn't matter. No, 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 no. Oh, I think okay. home court mattered, which is why the Warriors should have been a slight favorite okay. going into the series. And then once the Celtics steal home court, I agreed with the shift after game one in the odds. What I don't agree with is the shift after game two. Because are we in the same situation <laughs> that we started? That we were in game after game one. Yeah. The Celtics stole home court advantage by winning game one. The Warriors were supposed to win game one and two. Mm -hmm. They lost game one. They still were supposed to win game one and two for the number to be right. So Mm -hmm. there's. And the fact that they didn't means that there should have been the adjustment on the Celtics to win the series. So now, minus 110 with the Celtics with home court advantage. That feels pretty fair to me. It may, maybe it should maybe even be minus one twenty, something like that. But it, I would have said minus one twenty to minus one twenty five. And you know, I looked around a bunch of books over the past couple of days, and it seems to be a split. I checked four books, and two of them had Warriors minus one fifteen, Celtics minus one hundred five. Two of them had Celtics minus one fifteen, Warriors minus one hundred five. And I thought it, it was so interesting that any book that lines up the Warriors as the favorite right now is strictly doing it on a liability case. That's the only yeah. explanation. McKenzie, what's the uh, what, what's the split out on sharp books versus square books dealing the, the Warriors as, as favorites? Sharp books are close to what you, you guys are saying. Celtics minus 120 at Circa right now. FanDuel, square books like that, Warriors minus 115. So if you strictly go to Circa right now, you get plus money on the Warriors? Plus mm-hmm. 102. Wow. They say if you have a 50-50, if you think there's only a 50-50 chance or a better than 50-50 chance the Warriors are going to win this thing, come on home. Come to Circa. We'll take all the money you got. So here's the question. If the Warriors, and this, listen, the Celtics have been incredible coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, for the last six months, nearly six months, they've lost back-to-back games one time. Yeah, and in these playoffs alone, 6-0, and both straight up in ATS. So... If somehow they lose, if that if that trend breaks and the mm-hmm. Warriors steal home court back, what does this number go to? Minus because, 170 Warriors. Okay. Maybe even higher, to be honest with you. Because now it's just winning two out of three. Correct. You know, or two, two out of four, even. Mm-hmm. So, the, 
you know, I guess you have to shave some off after every game that gets played, but it, it is, it's fascinating the way it's moving. It's going to be a significant jump. And, and what's so interesting about where we are right now and why I thought the, the overreaction in the market changing after game two was just ridiculous because we are in the same spot that we were after game. I get it. The Celtics should have taken a 2-0 lead and then it's commanding. Sure. Right? But the Celtics are lined up as three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game on Wednesday night, game three. Barring some unforeseen circumstance, the spread's going to be almost identical in game number four yeah. and likely in game number six as well. And so if you take those numbers, the Celtics should be higher favorites than what they are lined up as right now. So I, one thing that I can put my finger on that's changed – since the beginning of this series is I think we are all now very aware that Robert Williams is hurt. Like there was a thought that he could like, he was maybe he was hobbled, but he was going to go out there and and play a full load and and gut it out. Mm -hmm. I I think what we've seen now is that's not going to happen. He's not going to be a, a 30 minute a night guy. I can see maybe there's some, some pessimism on the Celtics because of that. What about, I can't think of think, anything else. Do you think the days off though helps him? I mean, this schedule he, is really it, spread out. But there was a lot of game, a lot of days between game one and two, and he played even less. Sure. Um, but then again, it could have been the game got out of hand in the second half, and you're not putting him back yet. Yeah, I and, do buy into something that, and I, it's, home, it's 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 impossible to quantify, but it's human nature. And you know, Stephen A. said this on the broadcast after the game, and I kind of agreed with him where. The Celtics, when things got out of hand in the second half, the fact that they were playing with, and you can call it house money, call it whatever you want, but human nature comes into play. They did their job in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They won game one. They stole home court advantage. So when things started to snowball and get out of hand in the second half, there's that mentality of, Let's not kill ourselves here. Uh, the Warriors did that we, every we, time. Every time they've lost yes, this playoffs, yes. they've we, said, "Okay, we you got did us our this job. Time. We stole home court. We're gonna. All we were asking ourselves was just to go back to Boston with a split. So we're down double digits here. We can claw and try and fight, but we're not. We're probably not going to win this game." I'm curious your thoughts as you were watching Game One. So let's go back to Game One. And Mackenzie, I'm curious yours as well. Obviously, the final score says one thing. Did you feel at any point like the Celtics were really up outside of the last ten minutes of the mm-hmm, game? Mm-hmm. Did it feel like the Warriors were way better than them, and the, and the, somehow the Celtics were keeping the game closer than it should have been? Yes, it felt like it was a bigger lead than it was. Yeah, and then when the Celtics won on that run, it was it was shocking. And I was honestly curious how the Warriors would respond in Game Two after seeing that happen. And and, and what happened? The first half was. Very competitive, yeah, between these two teams. So I was curious how they would respond. I guess it's a similar feeling about how the Celtics respond after that, but I almost think from a Celtics perspective, it doesn't matter because this is you're where you wanted to be at this point. It's different from the Warriors. The Warriors were playing like that was an obvious Warrior spot in game two, no right? Doubt. So they were playing with that do or die desperation of we already lost home court. We can't go 0-2 here on our home floor. 
Mackenzie, what was your, what was your eye test on Game One up and up until the the last ten minutes of that game? It felt like Boston was unprepared for the moment. There was Steph Curry wide open threes where they're dropping off them, and I felt like the adjustments they made in the fourth quarter were going to consist consistent throughout the throughout the series and then Game Two, but. The Warriors switched everything up they were doing. They were doing a lot more pick and roll. So it's been interesting to see the chess match between these two coaches. And Jason Tatum was terrible. No doubt. Let's, no just, doubt. let's just admit that. he, The best player, supposedly, for the Boston Celtics, not supposedly, the best player for the Boston Celtics was terrible. I'll tell you what. I, I think a guy who is going to impact this series way more than anybody thought is Gary Payton. I, I, I think that what he – and it's only on one side of the court mm-hmm. – but what he does on that one side of the court is clearly game-changing. And you can talk about all the great defenders that Boston has, and they do. They do have great defenders. This guy is like a a, a blanket, he, and they're just going to throw him where they want to throw him, and that, that's going to be the job. And it's when you've got guys like that that you're saying, we don't care if you score for us. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Go Just go out there and do this thing and, and make Jason Tatum look terrible or or, or make Jalen Brown look awful in, this, in the second half of that game. I mean – that's a pretty nice weapon to have, and I guess that's another fundamental change that's happened since the start of this series. Yeah, Jalen Brown won for 11 after the first quarter, and in the second quarter, you might be an NBA expert and not even know it, Nate Duncan tweeted out, Gary Payton's in, and I think NBA uh, writer Nate Duncan, I think the series just changed. But Warriors went after, I mean, the Celtics went after Gary Payton 15 times and committed five turnovers. <laughs> like that's, you know, 33% ain't good. You know, when, when the Warriors started this dynasty, that was Andre Iguodala's job. Yes, and he, they didn't care what else he did. They didn't care what he gave him on offense. That was the job. And Gary Payton might be better than Andre Iguodala, like than prime Andre Iguodala defensively, which is pretty wild. So that, I I do think that's a, that's a game changer. So maybe it's and uh, Iguodala being out now that you got to factor that in too. But it doesn't seem like much of a drop off with this. But maybe that's it. Maybe they're they're looking at Payton added. You know, Robert Williams, at least less than what we expected him to be. Maybe that's the only reason this line is holding where it is. Or it could be the public just has such an appetite to bet the Warriors at a short number. Yes. That they don't want to, these books don't want to post. And credit to Circa and these sharper books for saying, we'll put it out here on the line. Mm -hmm. But these books that have the smaller limits and stuff that, like, that Joe Schmo is going to be betting on. Those guys, Joe Schmo wants to bet on the Warriors. Why hasn't this line moved? That's the question. Why haven't we seen this go down? And it's either it's either a buildup of those factors that have changed, or it's a liability slash public money concern on on the Warriors. Seventy percent of the tickets for Game Three, betters betting on the Warriors. And why haven't why hasn't the spread gone down? All right, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're in battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Let's take a look at the MVP market, which is basically now telling us not only if the Warriors win, will it definitely be Steph Curry. They're saying if the Warriors don't win, it might still be Steph Curry. That's not going to happen. But that's what the numbers say. The, the numbers do say, like, <laughs> Steph Curry minus 105 to be the MVP. Uh, it's basically, it, the market says it's down to two Celtics. You mentioned Jason Tatum being bad. I thought he was bad in both games. Yes. He's gone from plus 175 to plus 135. So this is the problem. And it's the problem with voted on awards like this. Uh, there's, and, all due respect to every NBA writer that is at these finals, the media members, whatever. A lot of them 
don't think. Okay? I'm not going to call them dumb. I'm just going to say a lot of them don't think. Jason Tatum, on the surface, you would think, hey, double-digit assists in game one, played the role of the facilitator, adjusted to what the defense gave him. And in game two, he had 28 points. So, he's fine. But if you actually dug into the games and watched you the, watch whole, the, the game. whole game, he was awful. From an efficiency standpoint, he was awful. The shots were not falling. Defensively a liability. What was he, a minus 36 The worst in game two? plus minus in the history of the NBA Finals. He has been awful in these two games. But yet, there's going to be a large percentage of the people that vote for this MVP award that look at games one and game two and just simply say he had double-digit assists in game one and 28 points in game two. There's our MVP. Jalen Brown, who opened at 10 to 1, is now 8 to 1. After him, you're at 65 to 1 for Al Horford and Marcus Smart, which is basically saying. Marcus Smart had a chance after game one. He played poorly in game two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Same thing with Al Horford. Draymond's played poorly, uh, especially offensively. Clay Thompson's played really poorly. Mm -hmm. You Uh, want to talk about a guy who looks just tired. Not like him, yeah. Yeah, does, it, does he look he, like I, he took two two years off? And, he, you know? he looks like he needs an entire offseason of training and conditioning. He it, he looks bad. Yeah, so listen, it's the, the market has trimmed the fat on the mm-hmm. MVP odds. There are basically three guys who can win it, barring some sort of a miracle. Uh, and really, almost no one who can win it. And you, you mentioned, you know, people being dumb, or not, you didn't say dumb, but not watching or not, not thinking, not thinking. Mm-hmm. And these are the same people that gave Andre Iguodala an MVP in the finals over Steph Curry. So it, I mean, it's happened before. Sure. But it does seem like basically if they, there if the Warriors that. win, that name's penciled in already. The, yes. If the Warriors win, the name is penciled. Now, mind so. you, like, I'm not trying to say that it should be anybody else. He's played at an otherworldly level. Yeah. He deserves it. Uh, he, he would be a very if deserving the Warriors MVP. Win three more games. It's because Steph Curry's doing what he's doing. But Jason Tatum at this point for him to be plus 135. It's a joke. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm not saying that Jalen Brown should be favored over him. But those numbers should be a lot closer. I if agree. I'm making this line, Jason Tatum's at two to one, and Jalen Brown's at four to one. Okay, I might even I might even make it closer than that. I, it I, might be, but he was the reason for the comeback in game number one. He was the spark plug, and he's been the consistent one through these two games. Yeah, 